I'm here with head coach Rob Vaughn for episode 84 of the Maryland Baseball Network podcast. Coach Vaughn, thank you for joining me this morning. Yeah, Aaron, man, thanks for having me. So I just want to go back to uh, yesterday. Obviously, you take two or three the week from the weekend from South Florida. Yesterday, you guys fall 8-6 in a tough one to West Virginia. Uh, just starting off with Robbie Porco, the starter for West Virginia, what do you think was working for him that, that really stifled your guys at the plate? You know, he's his stuff is good. We saw him in the fall game um, when they played here this fall, and he was really, really good against us this fall. I mean, it's 92, 94, up to 95. The slider's pretty good. The, the only question with Robbie Porco is, is he going to command the baseball? You know, and he goes out um, this past weekend, opening weekend, and, and gets in out of relief and – think there was 22 pitches and throws like two strikes and 20 something pitches and then came out yesterday and is landing his sliders throwing his fastball for strikes and and threw the ball really well I was just watching some of our video from last night um and you know I'm still in the early innings of it but but it wasn't not getting a ton to hit you know he's really executed pitches or some funk and how he's delivering he's huge he's like six to eight so um so yeah he's uh he just did a great job and you know he had a cushion and he attacked the strike zone and did what you got to do when you have a lead and going to the other side with your guy on the mound ryan van buren what went into the decision to take him out so early in that first inning you know i think you just honestly trying to stop the bleeding a little bit rye's been so good and he earned he earned that start that wasn't a oh who do we have left let's plug him in no he that guy's been really good and earned the right to get the ball in in the home opener on a Tuesday um you know and you could see it from the from the jump he just he wasn't getting ahead of hitters um he was behind guys walks the leadoff hitter um gives up a single I think walks another guy then gives up a double and the, the thing's getting fast, and that, that can happen. That's going to happen in baseball at times. The thing I talked to him about as the game, the big, the big kind of swing point where it became a thing where it's like, okay, we gotta we got to get the next guy in, is we talk all the time about just being neutral and not getting emotional, you know, and he has bases loaded one out. It hasn't gone well for him that inning. I, I think there's already – I think there's four runs in at this point. The guy hits a laser back up the middle, but he catches it. He stabs it, and we have the guy doubled up first. He jogs over there, flips it to first, the inning's over, and we're on to the second, down four, and we're going to work. Um, but instead, he was just frustrated. He had he had kind of let the the inning build up and was frustrated and kind of turns and cross body zings it over to first, pulls it up the line, and what should have been a kind of a lucky inning, inning double play, but a inning-inning double play at that turns into an error, puts the guy on third and forces us to bring Johnston into the game in a different spot. You know, you give AJ a clean inning, who knows what that looks like. Um, but at that point, you just knew it was probably time. The, he he was very frustrated. His emotions kind of got to him a little bit. Um, and we were hoping to get a couple more innings out of him, but that's baseball and he'll bounce back and make it a learning experience and be better next time. Yeah, and, and do the taking fan beer now in that first inning. You guys had to use a bunch of arms like Falco, like Kane, like Belgrave. Will that affect the number of arms that you guys use or the number of available arms going into this upcoming weekend? Potentially, you know, potentially. I mean, they'll all be be able to pitch this weekend, but but Friday becomes tighter for some of those guys, especially this early in the season. Um, I think that's what makes Kyle McCoy really valuable in the role we're using him. Obviously, he was able to run the game out on Saturday after Dean, but if you needed to, you could you could go Kyle on Friday after Jay. If 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 the situation presented itself, you could uh you know you have Kenny Lippman pretty pretty fresh and and we'll see how those guys feel. You know, I mean Nigel went too, so I'd be a little surprised if he's gonna be back on Friday, but should be good to go by Saturday. Um 
you know, day one and a third, he can probably be fine for Friday. It's just going to depend. We'll we'll listen to their bodies a little bit and try to not put them too heavy of a workload too soon. Too soon, but that is the biggest piece. You know, I think. You know, if you look at whatever it was, five or six runs in the first, whatever we ended up giving up yesterday, you can almost live with that if you spread those out among six innings. But when they're, you know, jumbled at the front and then you have to use three pitchers to get out of the first, now those horses are going to have to come out of the pen just whether you're winning or losing because you've got to find a way to throw nine innings where, you know, you, you'd hoped kind of those first three guys that threw um, could kind of get you to the sixth inning-ish, you know, between those three. And if they can, you know, maybe you're using one or two of those you know, those bullpen guys. But that's just the way it bounced yesterday. I thought Ott was outstanding um, and did a great job kind of bridging the gap and giving us a chance. We just couldn't quite crawl our way out of it. And at the plate, you guys had seven runners – or runners left on for seven of the nine innings. When teams have trouble driving guys in on the base pass a little bit like yesterday, is that more of a mental thing? And and how do you or, or is it something else? And how do you guys work on trying to overcome that? Yeah, I mean, I think it starts with leadoff guys getting on. I mean, we scored three innings yesterday and two of the three we had the leadoff guy on, you know, and I think that was even the story this weekend. I think, you know, we hit some homers and we did some of that. But I think that's some of the early season kind of getting in the rhythm, you know, is is when our offense is operating at a high level. And the leadoff guys on a lot. We're putting pressure on guys a lot. Um, you know, and the other thing is when you're down seven, nothing, you kind of can't play offense at that point either. You've got to kind of sit back and hit. And and you really need somebody to give you something generally. Like it's really hard to slug your way back from seven nothing if they're not going to walk people and they're not going to make errors behind you. And I think they walked three on the night and and played really clean defense. And so we were gonna have to slug our way back from it. And you know, I think we had a couple opportunities to pull that comeback off. You know, I think you have Luke up as the tie run in the eighth. I'm going to take that every time and hits the ball pretty good. Just Wayne kind of knocks it down in the left center and they catch it. And then, you know, you get, you get Zach up it with the chance to, to tie it in the ninth. And, and, you know, we just couldn't quite finish that hit. But I think the story offensively is a little bit more about setting up innings earlier than it is finishing them because two out hits are hard. You know, that's just the reality of it. There's there's no secret recipe to that. It's, you know, you you hit a ball in the screws and it doesn't matter. You're out if you hit it right at the guy and the inning's over. So, you know, I, I'm not that worried about runners left on base as much as we just have to do a better job of getting guys on earlier in the inning. Um, it seems like we had several of those where it's like two outs and then we hit a double or two outs and we get a hit and you've almost got to go hit, 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 hit or have an error mixed in there. And the odds of the game of baseball just aren't good that that's going to happen all the time. And do you have an update for us on Matt Woods and Matt Shaw? Yeah, so Woodsy, uh, Woodsy got his MRI yesterday. Everything looked pretty good on there. Nothing, nothing fracture related, which is the big thing we just wanted to rule out. Obviously, you know, I know he's he's still a young guy and he wants to be in there, but I think it's our job as coaches to kind of look in two ways. Obviously, Lord knows we want Matt Woods back in the lineup as soon as we can, but at the same time. I'm not willing for that kid not to be able to pick up his kid when he's 45 years old to put him in the game. So we had to make sure that there wasn't anything crazy going on in there. Everything looked pretty good. He's going to work back into practice today, um, which is good. And then I think it's kind of an as-tolerated thing. You know, they're, uh, they've got him kind of on some anti-inflammatory stuff and just trying to trying to calm some stuff down in there. And, and it'll be kind of an as-tolerated with him. Hopeful that we'll have him for some point this weekend. Um, it may be Friday. I don't know. It's, it's going to be a little bit day-to-day and just kind of see how he feels, see what he feels like he can do. Um, 
and then Maddie's kind of in the same boat. Obviously, was sick yesterday, and and uh, which which thinks when you lose both of those guys, but shoot, that's that's baseball. That's that's just the way it works. You know, you very rarely you're gonna go through a year and not have an injury or not have something crazy happen, and it's kind of a next guy up mentality. But yeah, Maddie was out yesterday. Um, we're hoping he'll be good for Friday. I I haven't talked to him this morning. I know he was feeling a tick better. Um. But but we'll see. That, that guy's pretty important to what we're doing. So I don't I don't want us to rush him back and then it turn into something bigger and lose him for longer. So we'll take it day by day with him and and hopefully he's ready to rock on Friday. And transitioning back over to the hitting side, I think someone that's really opened eyes on from the outside is at the plate is, is Elijah Lambros starting out the season four for eleven four RBIs, you know, getting on base at an almost six hundred clip. Uh, you know, coming in from the outside, people were, were questioning what he could do at the plate because it was well documented, you know, how athletic he is in the field. So what what have Swopen Lambros really been working on that have allowed him to have this early season success? Yeah, I think it's just having a really good plane and really good consistency. I mean, Elijah is a, a tremendous athlete. He's a tremendous athlete. He's a very coachable kid. Um, his eyes work. He's always done a pretty good job with the strike zone, um, which is a really good place to start. Um, and from day one, you know, when we were kind of recruiting him, Swope was kind of laying out a plan for, hey, here's here's what I see. Here's where I think we can make some adjustments. Here's, here's kind of the plan on how we're going to get you to where you need to get in – Elijah's been bought in hook, line, and sinker from the jump and and has a really good plan at the plate. I think his day-to-day work is very um, very professional. You know, I think he's not haphazardly just going out there and swinging when we're out there hitting. That dude's got a plan for what he's trying to do. And I think when you do that over seven straight months with the type of athlete that you have in Elijah Lambros, things just start to clean up. His balance is better. He's He's doing a better job at not jumping at the baseball. And and you saw it yesterday. He had a they ran some guys at the end of the game that were good, man. Every guy on the roster is 92-95 with the slider at West Virginia last night. And, you know, I saw him this weekend do a good job taking some sliders early um and then leaving the zone with two strikes on the slider. And I thought he did a good job that he got to a three-two count in a really big spot yesterday. And they spun him a three-two slider and he took it for a walk and brought Luke up in the eighth with a chance. And that's just the maturity piece and the learning piece. And, you know, I've said it from the jump, like we all want to go out and be elite right away, but we want to be a heck of a lot better in, in June than we are today. And I think we're doing some things really good, Elijah Lambros in particular, um, but plenty of areas that we can keep growing and keep getting better. And back over to the pitching side, another player is off to a nice start this spring is Nigel Belgrave. Six strikeouts. We got to see him a little bit yesterday over three innings, hit, uh, three innings pitched, only one had allowed. What have you liked that you've seen from him on the mound? Man, he's just got some presence and he's attacking the strike zone right now. You know, I mean, you know, we thrust him into the season last year. The guy had been battling injuries for two years, finally got back healthy, but he got healthy week five of the season. So you don't have time to say, hey, let's face some live hitters. Let's throw you in four inner squad games and then we'll get you in. Like it was kind of sink or swim. We tossed him in the deep end and some days he was outstanding and some days he struggled. Um, you know, he went up to Bourne this summer in the Cape and, and you know, worked with Scott Landers, who's their head coach there, a really good pitching guy. Um, and he had a really good summer, threw the ball well, came back in the fall and, and threw the ball really well. We shut him down a tick early just because we thought he was kind of getting a little fatigued toward the end of the fall. But he was great, came back this preseason and has thrown the ball well. And goodness gracious, I mean, 
what he did at USF and what he did last night. If you're going to be 94, 96 from that slot with that breaking ball, um, man, it's going to be, it's going to be tough to square guys, you know, for guys to square them up. So been really happy with him. I'm more, I'm, I'm really excited for him. I think is a better thing. That guy's worked really hard to get here and man has been through some different surgeries, some weird stuff and uh, has just kept plugging away and kept working. He's never, never cashed in, never given up on himself, never gotten overly frustrated, just shows up with Mo every day and works his tail off. And I'm really happy for Nigel that he's he's starting to see the success and he's going to be a huge piece moving forward. That, that's a piece that, you know, you could throw him down there with him, Falco, Kane, Lipman, um, you know, McCoy. You throw some of those guys at the end of the game, you're starting to have a pretty good bullpen that we've been trying to build. And you just mentioned Kane, wanted to ask about something real quick with him. You know, we've seen him now of two outings with the Terps. He's kind of struggled with both of uh, both of those, including yesterday on that. I believe it was the first pitch home run right out of the gate. What's what's the uh, what's the key to him having success this season? Yeah, I mean, a big piece of it's landing the breaking ball. You know, like I, I think the the fastball's good. It has some has some carry to it. It's it's a good pitch. It's got some velo to it. Um that guy just ambushed a heater yesterday. And um, same thing, you know, Britcher, when he got him for the home or down at USF, it was the same thing. Just wasn't landing the breaking ball, got in a fastball count with a guy that's going to be a top five round draft pick and he didn't miss the fastball, you know? And so um, when, when Tommy does a good job of landing the breaking ball, that fastball really plays up because it's a big breaking ball. He's got a shorter slider off that as well. Um, but it's just being able to, you know, use one to two of those secondary pitches to get people off the heater and, you know, I think you look at, you know, he's he's thrown two innings, give up two homers, which is not ideal. Um, but what I will say is he stopped the bleeding after both. Yesterday could have got really messy. It really could have been. It's I think after that it was first, second, nobody out. And after he gives up the homer and he gets out of there without giving up another run. And on the stat sheet, that's not a sexy thing, but for us winning the game. Solo homers ain't going to beat us. You look at the, you know, if you if you would have shown up about 35 minutes late to the game last night, you'd have felt really good about the way that game went. You know, we gave up some runs, but it was one here, one there, one here, one there. Um, we did some stuff offensively. Both teams played good defense after that, after that first inning. And, you know, it was a good baseball game if you showed up, you know, at, at about 4.35 instead of 4 o'clock. But that's just not the way this game's played. So, um, hasn't been – perfect for Tom yet, but he's a huge piece for us and he's going to be just fine. And I don't want to touch too much on the past, but rewinding back to last weekend down in, down in Tampa, what was the team's overall experience last weekend? And, you know, obviously you guys took two or three, but in, in terms of just how everything went, you know, how pleased were you with that? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a, it was a solid first weekend. I, I think that's the way I describe it. I think if I'm grading our stuff out, I think we, Played A minus defense. We made one error on the entire weekend, which is pretty elite. You know, we're going to be pretty good if we can do that. Um, you know, I thought our starting pitching was probably B minus. I thought Jay was just just okay on Friday. He's going to, he'll be, that guy's going to be awesome. He's he just okay Friday. I think he'd tell you the same thing. Dino was great. Haberthier was great. Thought our bullpen threw the ball pretty well. Um, offensively, we hit some homers, but I didn't think our offense was good. I thought our offense was like a, a C plus offense, you know, now we hit three grand slams, which, which covers up for some of the other stuff, but um, you know, it's, it's not that it's unexpected. I think, you know, we, we spent a lot of time kind of really having a good plan at the plate. You know, who are we, who are we facing? What does he do? What does his breaking ball look like? What's the action on the heater? You know, when does he use his change up and trying to put a really good game plan together 
And the re- reality early in the year was we're not Major League Baseball. You know, we don't have 40,000 pitches worth of stuff over the last 10 years to go back and watch what Garrett Cole is going to do. Like, you don't have that. So you're coming out every year and, you know, make starts on Friday night. He was a bullpen guy last year. So you're trying to figure out, hey, what's it going to play? Like, what's the shape of the breaking ball? Halftime, these guys go to a place in the, in the summer and they come back with a completely different arsenal of pitches. So, you know, we had a guy come in yesterday and all of our notes were, hey, attacks with the heater, attacks with the heater to both sides. That's what we had seen last year. That's what we saw to the bullpen opening weekend. The guy threw one fastball the entire inning and was like exclusively sliders. That's just part of it. That's part of the beginning of the year working some of these kinks out. And I think is is we're – able to you know continue preparing as we're able to gather a little bit more information and the hitters just get a little more comfortable um that that'll that'll start to come around a little bit and and there's no secret like your offense probably operates a little bit better when Matt Shaw and, and Matt Woods are in it so hopefully getting those guys back helps bump that up a little bit and one more last weekend you mentioned the three consecutive games of the Grand Slam uh, what was your reaction when Petrutz hit that Grand Slam on Sunday? And have you ever seen anything like that in terms of the three consecutive days with the with the Grand Slam? No, I was joking after Saturday. I'm like, man, we're on pace for 56, and dang, <laughs> if we didn't do it again on Sunday, um, now we're only going to hit 55. We didn't get one yesterday. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, I think I think really good hitters hit when it matters, and I think that's one thing, like – I didn't think we were as consistent enough offensively as we needed to be in the opening weekend or yesterday. But what I will say um, is, you know, I see it all the time. You set up innings and you can't finish them. You set up innings and you can't, you can't execute and finish innings. And, you know, we did a good job of that on, on Friday, Saturday and Sunday of, you know, we didn't have as many innings set up as I would like, but when we did, we cashed in at a pretty high level. And that's one thing the grand slams show you is, Man, you can hit with the bases loaded. You got a chance, and and uh, you know we did it with three different guys. That was pretty cool. And um, but yeah, that's. I mean, there's no secret. We can drive the baseball a little bit. Now we just gotta continue coming and move the needle and 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 play a little bit better offense. And I think when you pair that, which is what we did down the stretch last year, when you pair consistent offense with some power, that's when it, it becomes a real bear to handle. And moving ahead to this upcoming weekend. At down at Old Miss, I know you guys talk about playing faceless opponents, but does playing Ole Miss down in Oxford give you guys just that extra bit of juice or excitement for for this weekend? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I we talk about being neutral and all the stuff you talk about. You know, faceless opponents. I think these kids are still human, you know, and and we're gonna go down to a the the reigning national champion at their place. It's a rowdy atmosphere down there. Um, you know, there's going to be some emotion, but what we're the real test for us this weekend is going to be: can we acknowledge it? Can we see it? Can we watch the beer shower and write when they hit a homer? Can we do? Can we handle some of that and not let our emotions fly out of control? You know, can we handle that and just still slow it down and operate and play our game? And if we do, who knows? Like you, that's the thing about baseball: you can do everything right and lose. That can happen. You can do everything right. And you're not guaranteed success. But what I can tell you is if we do get emotional, if we start playing the roller coaster game and we start playing the crowd game, that almost guarantees you to lose. So you put the odds in your favor by by being able to block that out. Now, our young kids are human. Shoot, I'll be excited down there. It's gonna be a fun atmosphere. Um, but we're just gonna have to get a good do a good job of getting there, get the kind of the wow factor out of our eyes quickly. 
and just go play baseball. That's what we, that's what these kids want to do. That's what they're excited for. And, um, you know, anytime after you lose, man, you're, you're kind of chomping at the bit to get out there the next day. So we'll have a good day of practice today, travel tomorrow. Um, and the boys will be ready to go on Friday. And let's end on this. How and when did scheduling that series with Ole Miss come about? Shoot, probably about four years ago. Honestly, I, I called uh, – he's now the head coach at Charleston Southern. I believe it is Charleston Southern, yeah. Um, and I said, hey, we're, we're trying to get an SEC school on the on the table. I know there are two assistant coaches extremely well, Carl Lafferty and Mike Clement. They're two of my really good friends. And we joked all the time. We're like, we got to get the Terps down to Oxford. we got to go play down in Oxford. Let's go. And like anything, scheduling happens so far in advance. I think this was – Shoot, this was probably like 2018, 2019 when we scheduled this. And I called them and they're like, well, the earliest we have is the second weekend of 23. I'm like, all right, book it. Let's go. So they didn't tell me they were going to win the Natty in 22. But this one's been uh, this one's been on the books for for a couple of years now. And um, yeah, it'll be good to get down there and and keep growing and keep getting better. And at the end of the day, man, that's what this team's got to do. Any team in college baseball is trying to do. You turn on the scores yesterday. I mean, you're watching Central Arkansas beat Vandy. You're watching – like, college baseball's nuts, man. It's it's crazy, especially the midweeks are just absolute barn burners all over the place. And so, you know, we just got to keep getting better. There, there's things we're doing at a really high level right now. There's things we're not doing very well right now, and there's things we're kind of somewhere in between. And at the end of the day, I hope when we talk next week or whenever we chat again that, that we're just moving the needle down the road. And as we keep playing baseball, we keep getting cleaner and keep getting better. That will conclude episode 84 of the Maryland Baseball Network podcast with Coach Vaughn. Coach, good luck this weekend, and thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks, Aaron. Appreciate it.